You're listening to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast. I'm your host, Anna, and I'm here with your other hosts, Rick and Paul. Hey guys, how's it going? Hey, not bad. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. Are you, Paul? <laughs> I'm I'm good. I'm I'm good. Well, I'm glad you guys are having a good time because Sean Connery passed away. Oh, well, now we're not allowed to have a good time. No. All right, this episode's so... over. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because in honor of Sean Connery, I watched The Last Crusade the other day. Hmm. And um, so we're not going to talk about that. We're talking about... <laughs> Sorry, you go ahead. <laughs> we're talking about Indiana Jones and the fate of Atlantis. We are. And we- I, I just really wanted to make sure that I stole the intro away from you, and I like you <laughs> predicted. <laughs> I was hoping you would. I, I like sharing, which is a great game. And for me, as a girl who got it in a LucasArts Archives game pack, I didn't even know that I w- would like it. And it, it and the game ended up stemming a love for the Indiana Jones franchise in general. I mean, it was just it was mm-hmm. such a well-made game. I fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of us felt that way playing this game. I mean, obviously, it's it still holds up to this day. I still see people doing Let's Plays and talking about it. It comes up fairly often in the Classic Gamers Guild, and I'm sure you two have played it at least once. Yeah, I, I, I played I played it recently, too. I played it with, with my son, uh, like, I don't know, a few months ago. And I should say on record, too, we, we, did, we did talk about covering this game before... Mr. Con- is it Sir Connery? It doesn't matter. Before he passed away, so we're, this isn't us cashing in on on his on his uh, untimely demise. Well, I guess it's not untimely. He was ninety. Is it not? It is <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's a bummer. You know, that's for that's, this is not come. This is not a good look for me right now. It's coming across pretty cold. Uh, look, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I get what you mean. We th- the thing is we. have wanted to do this episode for a while i've been mm-hmm. the one putting it off because mm-hmm. i always thought that like well everyone likes fate of atlantis that's undisputed everyone hmm. knows about that one what can we really bring to this and that we still don't know <laughs> i just kept bringing it up over and over and over again and getting ignored <laughs> <laughs> and uh, eventually everybody just said let's go for it i got outvoted <laughs> yeah, and it's it's uh, and you'll have to excuse excuse me too. I'm I'm a little tired tonight because of the the time the time change. I mean, that's what I'm blaming it on. I don't I don't know. It, it, this, this tonight's episode is Indiana Jones and the fate of whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the fate of your ability to not get quite enough sleep right now. <laughs> Indiana Jones, the game where you can actually pilot the submarine. Yeah, yes, yeah, right. yes, oh. you could do that, couldn't you? It is, and it was wow, very okay. reasonable. It was Codename Iceman is scary. You get to the submarine and you're like, well, there's no point in me playing any longer. But you get there in Indiana Jones, much like the hot air balloon. It's actually really reasonable. It's 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 like it's reasonable, but it's like it's like standard adventure fare frustrating. You know, it's a, it's the right amount of frustrating. Don't be in a hurry when you're trying to do it. I think, yeah. and, and just about every, like, this is not the kind of game that you can be like, okay, I'm just going to whip through it because I know what to do, because you still actually have to play the <laughs> game and it. play the puzzles and, you know, do this yeah. stuff and, and go through all of the different rooms and caves. So there's a lot more to it than that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, this game doesn't exactly block you off from, well, it doesn't like 
you can have a bad ending. You can maybe like annoy somebody like Trottier or somebody too much, and then he simply won't even interact with you at all. You have to restore back. I mean, it's not super duper holding your hand all the way through. Mm-hmm. I uh, I played this a couple of times, uh, but quite some time ago now. So there's a lot which I probably have forgotten. Like you mentioned the submarine, and I don't mm-hmm. remember that at all. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, like, is the submarine bit in all three paths? Because I think I've only mm-hmm. ever played it on Team Path. Yeah. That's a good question, because I haven't finished all the paths, so I just assume you can mm-hmm. access most of it. But maybe, you, well, like the submarine is kind of a big deal with the plot line. You do the driving of the submarine, you end mm-hmm. up, you know, in the, the black room. After it's really the weird, because one of the, like, the best features of this game is the multiple paths, and I always just go team. Mm-hmm. I go team. It's a good question, because I know I, the, the, the three paths always meet at the same point, which is right after the submarine. Like, it's you and Sophia standing in the, the entrance to Atlantis. But, but I, and I just played it like four mm. months ago, but I kind of remember dr- having to drive the submarine wait, wait. for all three of them. I'm not positive, though. Which, which path did you take this time? Or did you actually play all three this time? Yeah, I did all three this time, and it made me realize that I'd, wow. I'd never previously done um, the Wits Path. Because there's the, with the no, Wits Path, neither. That, that's, you either, that's the one where, like, uh, Trottier gets kidnapped by the Nazis, and there's, like, a little car chase around town. So that, hmm. was, like a, that was, like, a totally new visual for me. Because like, I played the game, like, three or four times from childhood to... Wait, I feel like I remember that part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely the Wits Path. For sure. So, so I've okay. never played that as a that kid. That was a little bit trickier and a little bit more random, the Wits Path, and a little bit trickier. Mm-hmm. But I'm just wondering, so that would have also been in Teams? Because I think that Team Path, I, I don't remember if I've ever played outside of Team Path. And mm-hmm. I do remember the um, the little car chase bit. It was definitely not the team path because that was the only path I had ever played until this last go through. It might have been in the oh, in the fist okay, path, weird. maybe. Maybe I watched my friend play it, and maybe he was playing Wits Path. Okay. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That could work. Yeah, because I played it like three times prior to this last time, and I had always chosen the um, the team path because I didn't know there was other paths, and what? I. <laughs> Yeah, I did. I didn't know. I, I I had no idea. Like especially pre, you know, Facebook groups and things like that. Like, I guess if you read the map annual, it it tells you. So there's that. I don't really have. I never if you play the game, it tells you. <laughs> Not really. I, I think we've been to this either. on another episode. Yes, it does. It's it it's, it's, no. it's. I mean. Okay. It's a little vague. He, he if, asks you. It's no, like it's uh, not. He's, it's, <laughs> It's like I think I'll I just, do this I on my own. I always assumed there was a right answer and a wrong answer. And I always I didn't assumed realize there that, were more than one. I always assumed that no matter what you said, Sophia was going to come with anyway because she's on the box. I mean, she's like mm-hmm. a main character at that point. <laughs> and I'm like, it doesn't it doesn't matter what I say. She's going to end up coming with anyway. So let's just be a nice guy and be like, you know, I'd like your company. So I, I always chose that dialogue option. I mean, mm-hmm. like the two times <laughs> I played it. <laughs> It seems like you're supposed to. I mean, that that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, I mean, to the extent that it does always convince me and guilt me into playing team. <laughs> but I always knew that it would, um, that that's the point where it branches off into three diff- into um, three possible paths. Your mind came in a collection, so I didn't know anything about it when I started playing it. I didn't get any instructions. Yeah. I had to figure it out. 
Because it's like, it, it explains it in a sense that if you know there's past, it's very obvious because he's like, I'm going to do it alone. I need your help or I'll do it alone and it's going to be a fight. <laughs> you know, something like real nudgy. But yes. like, if you don't, if yeah. you don't know there's past, it, it's, it's a little more vague sounding. Like, you know, huh, that's kind of well, weird. He made it a maybe point you to will, say. Maybe you might not. I mean, I, I can't, obviously I can't dictate your experience to you, but I always thought that like, yeah, I always knew intuitively that like maybe i didn't understand like the full gra- like scope of how different they might be mm-hmm. but i definitely knew it's like well i could either take her with me go on my own or mm-hmm. this thing where i'm just going to punch a bunch of people like i knew to some extent that's going to be a, a a pivotal moment no i didn't get that till much later do you, do you think like you definitely <laughs> knew that before you knew there was other paths <laughs> Well, I've only ever played Team Path, and I still knew that there were two other paths. I mean, like I said, I, I might not. There might have been a time when I didn't realize that they were like very different, but I definitely knew that that was going to affect the next little while. No, I literally thought if you picked the wrong choice, it was just like those were the stupid throwaway choices. You'd pick them, and it'd be like, aha, yeah, but really, what are you going to pick now? Uh, like, we, I didn't we... even think it was a real thing. The one thing that I can definitely say about this game is that it has a lot of replayability, more so than it appears any of us, okay, either Paul or I, really knew. <laughs> Apparently. That's, uh, <laughs> I, I thought, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I just, um, I, I cannot finish that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> That's how mystified you are at the fact that we didn't realize that there were so many different ways to play the game. Well, three. <laughs> there are so three. many. This game also had a little throwback. It reminded me of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. There's one point after the submarine or however you get there and you end up in a room that's completely pitch black and you need to figure out a way to get the room to light up. And there's a puzzle like that in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy Infocom game where you're in a room and you wake up and it's pitch black and you have to sort it out, although in a different way. Yeah. I like the, I like this one better because it doesn't lean so heavy on the imagination. <laughs> you can there is point a little and click bit of things until they solve. Yeah, there's a little bit of just you know pixel hunting. You're just waving your mouse cursor around the room and looking for something to highlight so you can click on it. But they do it in a way that it's puzzly and it's kind of fun. Like mm-hmm. before you turn on the generator, right? I think, uh, I mean, I'm not sure if I've mentioned this before on the air, but I think I've at least told Paul that um, Last Crusade is actually like my favorite adventure movie of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, I, I did like, I, I didn't play all the way through because of, you know, copy protection and stuff like that, but I didn't play all the way through Last Crusade, the adventure game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember that being pretty good. But the... Uh, I. Yeah, I had such high like expectations for Fate of Atlantis at a very at a point where I was pretty cynical of like, oh well, you know, it's not going to be Last Crusade good. Like, how good can this be? It's just you know another game based on a popular franchise. Uh, and I guess I was too young at this point just to like assume that anything LucasArts is going to be amazing. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I was really surprised. I was like, wow, this is everything. I wanted out of an Indiana Jones adventure. And that's why everyone keeps saying that it's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they should have just made a movie out of that instead of Crystal Skull. But um, mm-hmm. I've explained before why I think this is far better of a game than it would be as a movie. And uh, I've explained numerous times before that it is in the canon. So it is actually like the 
um, the adventure that takes place between Last Crusade and Crystal Skull. Mm-hmm. And but I got one of the episodes. I got you to turn around on. I got you to turn around on the movie thing. You, you eventually. I think it's the only time I've ever. I've ever gotten you to switch sides on a stance. Yes. Yes, because there were. Um, what was it again? I, you are correct. I just remembered that now. I, I think you said that if it, it was like uh, Indiana Jones passing the torch to Sophia. Yeah, like like oh, change yeah. Sophia to, listening to that. change Sophia to like an apprentice instead of a love interest. So so you know like a younger younger woman and and yeah have have him kind of accidentally um, train her or whatever. You know, it's, it's not like she joins him because she's training underneath him it's you know a series of events leads her to be with, probably her expertise on atlantis it, it leads her to go with him on this journey and and so yeah and at the very end 80 year old harrison ford can finally hand this thing off to uh, <laughs> to somebody else and and you yeah. know let it be a, a a woman to to carry it, which i think would be nice and, and a hell of a lot better than shia labeouf <laughs> I, I think that was like the main crux of the why i changed on that one just so we mm-hmm. could erase shia labeouf yeah <laughs> but, um but no i mean you're right i did sort of come around and say like yeah that would be a good way to do it if they're to do it now mm-hmm. but at the same time i yeah th- there's no real reason to argue it at this point because like i said um if you have the the lost journal of indiana jones which is a canon book at least at this particular moment um, a smaller version of this book was included in the limited edition collector's box set Blu-ray, or sorry, uh, Blu-ray box set of in- the Indiana Jones Complete Adventures. And um, both of these versions of it have a couple of pages in between Last Crusade and uh, Crystal Skull that are dedicated to the fate of Atlantis. Mm-hmm. And, so a, yeah, which is- and a little footnote in there, a little footnote in there that says that Indiana Jones would meet Sophia Hapgood again. Is it Sophie or Sophia? Sophia. Sophie. Sophia. No, it is. It's Sophia. <laughs> it is? It's okay. Sophia. Actually, yeah, I have the book sure, right 100%. here. I have Sophia. the book right here. I can just look it up. Sophia Hapgood. Yeah, we're all, yeah. We're all correct now. Um, it does say, uh, there's a little footnote here that says... We have confirmed through various sources that Miss Hapgood was a romantic interest of Dr. Jones, uh, blah, 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 blah. And also nearly 10 years later when she was contracting for the Central Intelligence Agency. Um, so they, they acknowledge the fact that they met again 10 years later, which is a result of the events of the Infernal Machine. So mm-hmm. in a way, uh, Infernal Machine has been at least partially recognized in the canon. Was was Infernal Machine the one that uh, that you could unlock Fate of Atlantis in? I honestly have never actually played Infernal Machine, but <laughs> I know that Sophia Hapgood is in there, and it takes place like ten years later. I only know enough to know what they're referring to. I never actually played it, no. I probably would have liked that more than when my dad came home with uh, Emperor's Tomb, and I was like, "Oh, sweet, another Indiana Jones adventure!" But it wasn't. It was like Tomb Raider or something. Oh, uh, is that the one? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. That's yeah. what I was thinking of when I thought of Infernal Machine. So yeah, it was on like PlayStation and Xbox and everything else too. And and I didn't know. My dad just kind of brought it home randomly. Yeah. I've I've got a I got an argument to make with this game in a positive light, and I I may have mentioned this pre on a previous recording. I I don't I'm not sure, but I think this is a good candidate for the like the perfect game, as close to a perfect mm-hmm. game as you can get. 
Do you have any? Do you? Yeah. Either of you, can either of you argue that? Like, I, I would basically argue that that it's basically the the perfect game or, or perfect adventure game. Um. No. No. No real. No real arguments. I. I wish there was more deaths, but other than that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True. <laughs> Uh no no I I'm I'm on board with that pretty much I mean not necessarily uh, I mean how do I put this it is not one of my favorite uh, no that that sounds bad it's definitely one of my favorite games of all time mm-hmm. like top ten I'm sure but there are a couple of more games I rank above it just in terms of favorite but uh, best probably actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's got so much going for it. It doesn't overwhelm you with your inventory items. There's so many different ways to solve the puzzles in there. There's comedy in it. Like what when you get the the baseball and they're like, oh, look, it's autographed by Lou Gehrig. You're like, sweet, you go to trade it. They're like, no. And then you're like, oh, man, it's just autographed by Ron Gilbert. Like, who cares about that guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that part. That, yeah, they- at the time that I played it, that joke would have gone completely over my head. <laughs> Right? Because yeah, we'd be like, right, who's yeah, Ron Gilbert? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it does a really good job. Of, it, it captures the spirit of, of Indy perfectly. Like, it feels like his his mm-hmm. banter, his back and forth. It feels like his story. There's uh, And as you said, there's multiple mm-hmm. solutions to a lot of at least early puzzles. There's there's the multiple path mm-hmm. thing. Like the, I think the only criticism mm-hmm. I could give it would be the, the ho- flying the hot air balloon sucks. Mm-hmm. The, the controls for that. You just got to spiral down, man. Yeah. Spiral down. You'll be fine. It's getting on the X at the end, and then you think you're just about to land, and then you get to, like, Wicked Witch of the East, your house over onto the Nazi, which shot yeah. you down anyways. So that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things you, you get you get the hang of it just in time for, like, the last one you have to land on. But, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's like, the only criticism. And uh, and it's funny because it's not it's – not, it's definitely in my top ten as well, but it's – I would rather there's a there's quite a few non-perfect games I would play before this one. So I guess it's a, yeah you know, yeah that's what I was basically getting at. Yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah perfect isn't to say best, but but yeah like pretty much a flawless a flawless game execution wise. I I think the only thing that I would um, if I had to think of something to criticize about it is just um, you know. The one thing that comes up every time a game refuses to kill you. I mean, I know people say that there are ways to die in this. Um, I don't think I've really come across it. Maybe they're just talking about if you lose fights. Uh, I don't, don't know. Is there, I don't know what, how many ways to die there are in this, but people said it. There's ways to kind of leave yourself um, in a situation, but there's not really ways to die so much. I don't know. Pe- people have said that you could die in it, but mm-hmm. honestly, it's not enough that I could even, that I've ever really either found it or remember it or anything like that. But yeah. one thing I do know is that there are moments where, because they're really trying to take it easy on you, things just sort of like wait for you for things to happen. Like, uh, you know, um, you have to find, you have to talk to a guy who you don't know. You have to find out who he is mm-hmm. uh, outside the building. And the guy will just, wa- everyone is just walking back and forth aimlessly, just back and forth until you like talk to each one of them. Yeah. <laughs> and it's sort of like, what, what are these people doing? Like, seriously. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, and think, so that's just the one thing that gets me about a lot of these adventure games where like, um, it, it's just that the, uh, you know, when the game waits for you to do stuff, sometimes <laughs> they don't, they might not realize that they look a little bit ridiculous at times, but that's like the worst I could possibly say about this game. Yeah. yeah for no, me, I, I guess my only 
critiques would probably be much like many other LucasArts games. You can't mess around with the uh, speed of the walking. And uh, if you hit period to skip over any of the dialogue, oftentimes you end up skipping over a whole chunk of dialogue. Like it doesn't just skip through the what's happening right then. It can right. sometimes mm. just skip the whole conversation. Oh, You're like, damn right. it. And then if you don't listen, sometimes you can't even talk about it again. They're just like, I've already told you. What's your problem? Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh but you are right that this really just feels like an Indiana Jones game. Like, um, there is, there is suspension of disbelief, obviously, just given the subject matter at all. But none of it really tries your patience. Like, nothing, it never makes too many demands on that suspension of disbelief, right? I think that's kind of, sort of one of the things that, um, um, the first Indiana Jones, or sorry, I should say Raiders of the Lost Ark and Last Crusade both did very well, is that with some suspension of disbelief to the subject matter, everything that happened kind of felt believable within that context. Right. Um, whereas Temple of Doom and Crystal Skull made some demands on the suspension of disbelief. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pushed and it. I think that Fate of Atlantis really goes into the um, into the category with... Um, uh, Raiders of the, of the Raiders of the Lost Ark and Last Crusade, mm. and I just this moment realized that Raiders of the Lost Ark appears to be a tongue twister for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's funny you mention that too because I was reading a little bit on on how how the story came to be and and things like that, and they mentioned that they purposely, like for example, the mechanics of 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 Atlantis itself, like the the ancient Colossus kind of I don't know. Beings, I guess what I'm trying to say is they purposely tried to avoid making anything in Atlantis feel like magic. They wanted it to feel more alien. So that way it felt, mm-hmm. they, they wanted to keep magic out of the, the Indiana kind of mythos, which, which I appreciated, you know, making it maybe not even concretely alien. I guess it is at the very end of the game, but, but anyway, to, to keep magic out, to, to maintain this suspension of disbelief, as you said, where it can come across as, you know, ancient culture or alien culture as opposed to just, you know, out of thin air magic kind of stuff, which I appreciate. Right. Mm-hmm. And actually the, the origin of the story, I kind of went down a rabbit hole researching this a bit because I was just really impressed with, with the writers of this game, which I'll get the names out of the way now was, was, um, how maybe I'll get it out of the way now. What was it? It was how Barwood and, uh, and Noah Faustine and just, just props to them. Cause it's, it's just such a great cinematic story. Um, so, so how it came about was, was interesting. So they, after Indiana Jones and Last Crusade, the game, they were kind of, it was heavily suggested that this game be about the story that Crusade was going to be, the movie. So Last Crusade was going to be Indiana Jones and the Monkey King. Um, and they, they did, they ditched that script. They, they scrapped that in favor of the Last Crusade script. And I looked more into it. The script was written by Chris Columbus, who did, uh, Goonies. And a few other things. Oh, nice. Yeah, the Goonies guy, I think he did Gremlins, whatever. But the the plot to that movie, like, you could see why it was scrapped for the film. The plot was messy as hell. It was like indie searches for Chinese artifacts in Africa. But then there's also, like, this, um, there's, like, there's immortal peaches. <laughs> Which is where you would find Chinese artifacts. Yeah. Always. Yeah. And then there's, like, immortal peaches in a garden. Like, peaches that give you immortality. And then there's cannibals. And there's ghosts. And there's Nazis. And there's a 200-year-old pygmy. And 
that's all in one story. <laughs> it was just messy. Really just, it was a lot. Anytime you have ghost Nazis with cannibals and, and you know, magic peaches and pygmies and stuff. It was a bit much. And, and how Barwood <laughs> kind of quoted, he said that he found it, the script to be substandard. Um, so after that, they were like, you know, we really don't want to make that as a game. Let's do something else. And they kind of settled on him and Faustine settled on doing the, the doing kind of an Excalibur story where Indy was going to find Excalibur itself, which on one hand kind of fits Indiana Jones, you know, finding a mythological artifact, I guess you could say. Just seems like the wrong storyline somehow. <laughs> yeah, and for me personally, I'm, just, I'm kind of just sick. As, I'm, I'm really sick of Excalibur stories. Like, you know, there's there's enough mm -hmm. of that, like, everywhere else. I don't feel like he needs to get involved with it either. <laughs> um, but they scrapped, they scrapped that one because they, they couldn't figure out a way, an easy way to have Indy globetrot. They're like, you know, he, we're pretty much just having him stuck in England if we do that. We don't know where else he could go. Right, yeah. So anyway, that's why they scrapped that. And eventually they just ended up at the library, at George Lucas's library at Skywalker Ranch. And they came across the, like a cheap coffee table book on like unsolved mysteries. And it presented the story of Atlantis and depicted it as a city built on three concrete circles. And there you go. Mm -hmm. Well, good. <laughs> I did find it challenging lining it up when you were trying to like focus on the horns to get that one stone when you're in the archaeological dig, like figuring out where to focus it on which horn and how to look that took me a bit i remember yeah mm -hmm. same here yeah that i think that was kind of luck too like i just clicked left until it mm -hmm. worked you're like it's a door yeah it's sand what's okay. another thing too a lot of the uh this especially became kind of uh uh i kind of noticed this while i was watching last crusade last night where it's like the um the puzzles in fate of atlantis really feel like Things that Indiana Jones would have come across in a movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Stones clicking into place, figuring out, like, the time of day it should be at so that this whole, you know, procedure works. Stuff like that is super duper like watching a movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everything had that, that feel of, like, a 300-year-old traps, you know, kind of like how Raiders starts mm -hmm. off, you know, blow darts that go mm -hmm. off in this old temple that had been waiting to fire for hundreds of years and... Uh, you know, one of the things that impressed me too about the story was how much research they did creating this this story. Um, but they, I mean, I won't I won't read it all out because it's like a paragraph and it's it's not that interesting. But um, <laughs> but everything from like Oracalcum to to Plato's dialogues, like like the uh, Faustian and Borrow, mm -hmm. like literally read, you know, uh, a mm -hmm. couple of Plato's dialogues and and then they they used. Um, like old uh, Russian mythology and um, long story short, they put a lot of thought into this. Like, it sounds like they spent months just coming yeah. up with the bare bones idea for the story uh, before, you know, mm -hmm. before the puzzles and everything even. Yeah. Which makes the puzzle so much more fun to solve too. Cause you're like, Oh, you, you, you got to make the little connections and, and you have to take your own notes and you kind of have to look at the notes that you have available. Ah, that's a real adventure game. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's perfect. And they, they, I like I like the globe trotting part of a lot. That gives you that indie vibe, and it's nice that you can choose where you go in what order. So if you get frustrated, you know you can you can leave Monte Carlo and go back to I don't know where that little mm -hmm. Spanish island or whatever. Mm -hmm. I uh, love the look of the molten lava when you get to the yeah. after you're done at the maze, which takes forever to get through and figure out all the rooms. But once you get to the lava, I love the way everything looks. And I pretty much am obsessed with the colors there in out for the rest of the game. I mean, 
right from when when Buddy turns into the green ethereal being and and goes off and and later on uh, when you're if you do the ending the way that you're supposed to do the ending and you're watching the volcano go, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Yeah, no, it's really cool. It's a really cool contrast. The lava feels feels alive. Mm-hmm. The the ending's something to, to to bring up too. You get you know there's there's a kind of a a, a good ending and a bad ending. I don't know how many there are because there are the different paths, but uh, ultimately there's there's basically just a good know. and a bad, right? Or a good and a meh. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a good medium and bad or something there's um there's a good ending and i think there are two endings beyond that Hmm. and uh, because i know at least one sorry are we going right into the spoilers here yeah um at least one of them is uh, sophia turning into a god Mm -hmm. Uh oh and uh the good ending is the um the uh you save her and then you mm-hmm. both survive. Right. Yeah, and then the whole island essentially sinks. And at the end, I used to think that they hugged each other at the end because it didn't really look like they were kissing. It's so wholesome. <laughs> yeah, and uh, <laughs> Indiana Jones is a, is a hugger. He's a hugger. Yeah. You know, he's in, she's just like, why'd you hug me? He's like, you know, because I'm friendly <laughs> like that. He's either hug you or whip you, honey. Um, two alternative bad endings. See, one of the... Pr- I'm sorry, I'm, I'm reading this directly off of Wikipedia just because I had it up and I found the oh. spot. <laughs> Uh, two alternative bad endings see one of the protagonists undergo the second transformation if Indiana could not convince Uberman to use the machine instead. Um, so Sophia being one of them, yeah. or, or would that be you? Maybe do you get turned into a god? <laughs> Is uh, that one of the bad endings? It's I don't know that ending. <laughs> I mean, I, I looked at that as more of just a way to die at the end as opposed to an ending. That's what I was thinking, mm-hmm. but but maybe that's what people say is a way to die, but that's actually just an alternate ending because <laughs> LucasArts didn't want to really uh, have death in their game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe one is Sophia, one is you, and then the other is the villain. Mm-hmm. Um. And I gotta say that once the 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 first guy who goes on there, mm-hmm. who gets like turned into the little whatever those things are, yeah, yeah, that disturbed me for a while. Like <laughs> when I first saw that, that would that bothered me. Yeah, that that one that one got my son too. Definitely, definitely spooked me. Gets right up in your face about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. And I I like the I like the the I guess the complete bad ending where with without Sophia because it's a really easy ending to get because it, it's kind of an innocently bad ending. It's just like oh wait I was supposed to <laughs> I was supposed to go get her like I just <laughs> thought I'd do my thing and then you know the, the ending sequence he would just kind of save her for me like I didn't realize I had to go get her out of the or it's it's not even that I guess it's more knowing that you have to get her out of the of the jail before you enter the uh one of the rooms like you know there's kind of a point of no return in other words where it's like oh crap like i had to get her before i came in here and if you don't you know mm-hmm. then she she goes down with the ship and that I, I, it was it was bittersweet because you, know, you could see it happening yeah well, now i know this is an irrelevant point to make because the um the uh the canon says that they meet again 10 years later in uh what we presume to be the infernal machine but um I have to say that I've thought for the longest time that if I were ever to make a movie, or if you were ever up to me um, to make a movie adaptation of Fate of Atlantis, and that would be like the definitive what happens, 
I would have gone with the bad ending where Sophia dies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kind of like Little Shop of Horror style, right? Kind of. You get out okay. I mean, Indiana <laughs> Jones gets out okay, but I just, yeah, there was something kind of cinematic about her turning into a god and destroying everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. Okay, it's, and there's also the aspect of like, if every movie he's going to have a love interest and every movie ends with them together, but then they're just not in the next one. It's like, you might as well, you know, make it clear why she's not around anymore. <laughs> exactly. I mean, she did call you a troglodyte, so. Yeah. Mm, that's not nice. No, right? She deserves it. <laughs> well, you, I mean, just because you left her locked up, but hey, you know, whatever. He had a lot on his hands. I, I will say, I, I I think this is a, maybe an unpopular opinion, but I, I don't really... I'm glad Sophia's in the game, but she, she annoys the shit out of me in that game. Like, I, I, it might be the voice acting, but I think the voice acting brings out the fact that her lines are really jerky. Like, she's just kind of mean. Like, she, it, it's, it's, it's like, the, it's kind of like the indie vibe, but without any charm. Like, she's just kind of a dick to indie, like, the whole game. I don't know. Well, she's a psychic, I guess. She already knows what's going to happen and what's going on. And I'm, I mean, and the whole time he's kind of like tongue in cheek about her too, because he's kind of like, oh, oh God, there she goes again. I roll. Yeah. So I guess. Yeah, and I, you know, even he knows. I, 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 I think you're right. Like they were trying to play it that way, like the female version of of Indy. You know, they kind of, you know, kind of rib each other back and forth, and it, it lands in an unexpected kiss or whatever. But I just felt like, you know, I don't know. She was she was just kind of obnoxious to me the the last time I played it. I'm like, man, there's, well, she doesn't have many many redeeming qualities. I, I will say this: it never occurred to me that she was annoying because number one, I never played it with the uh, with the um, with the voices. Mm-hmm. I've only ever played the floppy version, and um, I've already seen Temple of Doom, so <laughs> nothing can really come close to how annoying the sidekicks can be yeah, true. in Indiana Jones. E- even Mutt was not as annoying as um, the what, what's her name and the little kid uh, in Temple of Doom. She's got a like a, a, a like Billy, like you know, like a guy's name for a girl. It's not Billy. Uh, Danny. Willie. Willie weird that's a willy weird name (laughs) (laughs) oh here's here's a a randomly fun fact that i saved that um so they they really didn't want to name this indiana jones and the fate of atlantis they they felt that they could do a lot better than fate of atlantis which i happen to like really yeah i don't know if it's grown on me or what but i i I think it's fine i think it's fitting for for an indie thing they they just they kept thinking they could just do better than that so the working title for the game, and this was this was kind of jokey, was um, Indiana... What was it? The working title for the game was Indiana Jones Does Atlantis. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes to Dallas right after. <laughs> I thought that was great. They, they were that determined to not call it Fate of Atlantis. And then, um, and then marketing apparently was like, look, if you don't if you don't come up with something, we're going to call it Indy's Next Adventure. And they were, like, dead serious. So, they're like, okay, geez, fine. It's Fate of Atlantis. That's all they were going to call it? Indy's Next Adventure? Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like... I mean, it's got that 80s feel to it. It sounds like they should just call it Weekend at Indy's. Exactly. 
Indy's next adventure, eh? Yeah, that's, uh, you know what? That one's not even out yet, so how can we do a podcast episode on it? <laughs> the, uh, the voice acting, voice acting is phenomenal. I really like, uh, Doug Lee is the, the, the name of the guy mm-hmm. who does Indy. It's, it's, it's perfect. Like, it's, it's not Harrison Ford, obviously, but it's, it sounds like Indy to me, and I'm kind of glad it's not like a Harrison Ford impersonator, if that makes sense. Like, it's just, it's just a really close mm-hmm. voice to it. Yeah. It works. It was enough to not make me think about it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, well put. Mm-hmm. And 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 Dougley has jokes because his IMDB says uh I was born at a young age in Los Angeles, California. <laughs> I don't know why it made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just occurred to me, I know the voice, so I must have played the the voice version at some point. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember Sophia. Yeah, the voice version's the only version I had, so Yeah. Because I know exactly, I have it. His voice in my head. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know what it is. Because every time I set up Scum VM on my phone, I always run Fate <laughs> of Atlantis to test oh, it that's out. The test game, okay. That's yeah. So that's that's why I know his voice. <laughs> and the first ten minutes of the game, very very well. Well, you've done well doing this episode, considering <laughs> that's all you played, Greg. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> I, I think him fumbling through the. Uh, to the university is like the next great epic adventure of Indiana Jones. <laughs> so I guess if there's one thing um, we can sort of give as a final thought is like, do you think, and you know, uh, with retro games being on a revival right now, do you think that it, it's possible that they could go back and make a game that could top fate of Atlantis? Cause I think part of it is just sort of that perfect storm of like a really cool premise uh, at the time that it came out and um and all that sort of thing and and not having to deal with a lot of like the crystal skull that's come since so if they were to come out now they would kind of have to take or they could happen before crystal skull if they wanted to um put it sort of in between but um you know what could they really do like what could be a really cool topic that's like that could top atlantis <laughs> mm, for for an indiana jones story right yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, they already have Atlantis and a machine that makes gods. Like, where do you go from here? You could always do Indiana Jones takes on the universe, but it doesn't really fit the premise, you see. <laughs> Indiana Jones goes to space. <laughs> My lack of an answer is probably why I keep leaning on Atlantis to be this this fifth Indiana Jones film. Because it's it, it just seems <laughs> like such a perfect indie thing, you know, where, where it's mm-hmm. it, yeah. it could have happened. It probably didn't. It's also an artifact. You know, something mm-hmm. for you know him to do a digging, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, it 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 really is like the just peak peak Indiana Jones would be Atlantis for me. Hey yeah. Rick, you'll get this one: Indiana Jones and a trip to Drumheller. <laughs> nice Damn Canadian in jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of dinosaurs there. <laughs> uh, my, my only hesitation in that was wondering if it was also a pop culture reference, but no, no. <laughs> Even if you don't think you like action movies, even if you don't care about Indiana Jones, but you like adventure games, just play it because it managed to convince me at a young age that Indiana Jones was cool. It can do it to you, too. Yes, it's it's kind of the opposite of, of how we discussed Enclosure, like like the, they did ev- they did everything <laughs> wrong. I think this game does everything right. Like if you're wanting to make an adventure game, have have a good study at this game. The the multiple paths yes. and and the 
you know, the, the globe trotting and, and different uh, solutions to different puzzles. They they basically just hit all the right notes, all the things that I'd I'd like to be in adventure games. I, of course, I would like some more deaths, but but as far as what's safe and what YouTube likes, this would be it. <laughs> yeah, and it, you know, it aged really well because uh, I'm pretty sure anyone could play it now just as well as they played it back then. Yeah. Um, in terms of like someone who's never played it before, could probably pretty much have like basically the same experience as somebody who played mm-hmm. it back then. Like, there's nothing about mm-hmm. it that's aged in mm-hmm. any inappropriate way. Yeah, and yeah, I I totally agree that it's a game that probably should be studied um, by game design because it's just uh, it's just really that good. It's mm-hmm. just um, uh, especially especially for a class that focuses on like a uh, um. A, a licensed tie-in game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. All right, mates. Well, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for joining us. And we, you know, we love you. We appreciate you listening. Check us out on Facebook. We're a group and a page. Check us out on Instagram at CGG Podcast. On Twitter, do us a tweet at the CG Guild. Uh, send us an email if you like. We'd love to hear from you. Any questions, critiques, comments, whatever. Mail at classicgamersguild.com. Thank you very much to all of our Patreons. We really appreciate you guys. You make this show possible. Um, to Mark Fillion and Jay Holmes in our extra special thanks tier. You guys are legends. We love you and really appreciate you, all of you. Um, yeah, that's it. That's all we got time for. Don't do a murder. 